Hey, this morning we're going to be uh, diving into one of our values as a church, and we're going to be looking at courage, a uh, courageous. And um, I was thinking of how I could start this. How could I start talking about courageous? And for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was: Has anybody lost their phone before? Two pe- two people lost their phone. Go on, there's a few people that's lost their phone here. Uh, I remember there was one time where I lost my phone and I was panicking. I was looking everywhere for it. I was looking in my bedside drawers. I was looking under the bed. I was looking in my pockets. I looked under my hat. I looked everywhere for my phone and I couldn't find it. And uh, gets to the point, I was thinking, you know, did I leave it at work or, or did I leave it in my sports bag? Where, where is it? Uh, check your car and... And then I get Kita, I say, Kita, can you call it? And so she calls it. And, and then um, looking down for the buzzing, and you realize the whole time it was in my hand. <laughs> Anybody else? Stop pointing. <laughs> Come on, we're, I'm sure we've all lost our phone. Maybe not in your hand. Maybe it was in your back pocket. You forgot to check that. But a lot of the time, I, I think that our walks of faith, our walk with God, is often like us losing our phones. I, I know that there's been times where I've been in panic mode or in stress mode going, God, where are you? And I forget how close he really is to me. And as we look into the value of being courageous, I believe that the key to that is knowing how close God is to us. And so I'm going to read from Joshua 1.9, from the NLT, all scriptures I'm going to read are from NLT today. So I encourage you to turn there. I believe it will come on the screen behind, already there. It says this, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, it's good news. It's really good news. Three people are so excited about it. I'm with you. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Amazing. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. In Psalm 23, 4, I'm sure most of us know this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close behind me. Those are amazing passages, amazing scriptures. And there's something that each of them have in common. And that is that God is with us. That's some good news. God is with us. The key to being courageous is that God is with us. I'm going to read Joshua 1.9 again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. For us to live a life of courage, we need to have revelation of how close God is to us. Because He is so close. And when we know that God is with us every moment, every step, when we know how close He is, it enables us to step into courage.
when I was spending time with Father God, I was saying, what do you want to say? And uh, I heard him say this. I felt he said, a lack of courage is not knowing that I'm with you. When we're in a place like when we lose our phone and we're in the stress of where is it? God, where are you in this situation? Maybe the reason why we don't have courage in that situation is because we don't know that God is with us or we don't know how close he is to us in that moment. And the key to stepping into courage is knowing how close he is. Can we get the house lights up a little bit so I can see people? That would be awesome, thank you. I want to see the faces. Acts 10.38 says this, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with Jesus. Jesus is God, but God was with him. Doesn't that give you some courage and hope? I, I, was, I looked at my phone earlier and I saw it at 10.38. And it just gave me that reassurance of, oh, Romans 10.38, God is with me. God was with Jesus and it enabled him to do these amazing things. And God is with me. God is with you this morning. He is with you always. And the thing I love about God is that he doesn't miss anybody out. God has a plan and a purpose for every person in this room. And it's beyond your wildest dreams. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the thing is that we need to have supernatural courage to step into what God has for our lives. And the secret to it, which isn't a secret, is that God is with us. God is with you. Everybody say, God is with me. Awesome, awesome. Exodus 33, 14 to 15 says, The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. I think we need to have that cry in our heart. God, if you're not going to go with us, I don't want to go. Because the thing is, God is with us. He is so close. And he has called us for a life of purpose and for us to step into that courageously. We need to live in a confidence and an assurance that he is with us and that he is so close. He is so, so close. One of the, uh, my favorite ways to um, receive revelation of how close he is, because I need constant reminders. Uh, how many times have we been in a moment of, uh, or a situation where suddenly the panic comes on and, and, and you're about five minutes after you've had your little time with yourself, you realize, man, if only I knew that God was so close to me and maybe I would have had <laughs> the solution a bit earlier or something like that. And the way that I like to get revelation all the time over and over again of how close God is is through his word. Man, the Word of God is so powerful. It's full of revelation, and God is wanting to speak to us through His Word. And the thing that I love about it is that it's the only book in the world that the author has to be present as we read it. That's some good news again. Come on. God is with us as we read the Word, which means He is wanting to reveal things to us as we read scripture and he is wanting to reveal how close he is. I was looking through the book of Esther recently and um, 
it was really fascinating what I discovered. Did you know that the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible that does not mention God one time? Doesn't, doesn't mention God one time. And I was reading it and just uh, it blew my mind, to be honest. But, but even though it doesn't mention him, you can see God's fingerprints throughout the whole story. You can see God moving throughout the whole story and see his power at work. And, but when we look at it from an from a outsider perspective, reading it from the front to the back, we can appreciate what God is doing. But I feel like there's times in our lives that we can be in the story and we don't know that God is working. There are times where we don't... I said at the 9 a.m. it sounds like a pretty good song. Even now, see don't you're working. What is, how's it go, singer? Even though I don't feel, see that you're working. Rapping it. Because um, I'm not singing it. My time's singing is done. Um, and and this, this, we can see that, you know, when we're looking at the story, we can see the fingerprints of God and see him working throughout it. But when we're in the story, we don't always see him working. I wonder how many times we've been in situations or a season of our life. Maybe you're in a season of your life right now and you don't see God working. And you're saying, God, where are you? Just like your phone. But he is so, so close. You know, if we would be able to jump into a time machine 10 years into the future and look at the season we're in now, I'm sure we'd be able to pinpoint the moments where we saw God moving in the season that we're in. But when we're in the story, sometimes we just don't see it. If you're in a season right now and you're saying, I don't see God moving and you're in a panic mode, you're in a stress mode, God, God where are you? Can I declare Joshua 1.9 over you? This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, God is with us. He is so close. Whether you can see Him moving or not, He is so close to you. So close. Everybody say, God is with me. Everybody say, I am courageous. Awesome, awesome. It's something I love about that scripture in Joshua 1.9 as well. Is it starts off by saying, this is my command. God speaking. And, and it's actually a command. It's not a, hey, can you like just try your best to be strong and courageous? But he's saying, no, no, no. I need you to be strong and courageous. This is my command. And how do you be strong and courageous? By knowing how close I am to you. We need to know how close God is to us. Amen? Yeah, amen. Awesome. So we receive revelation of how close God is to us. And it enables us to step into courage. And it is something that God is wanting us to do with that courage. And that is obedience. He's wanting us to live a life of radical obedience. We're going to read a scripture from Judges. Judges chapter 20 from verse 18 to 20. Eight and uh, there's a bit of a backstory to it, which I won't share much of today. It's uh, basically there was a tribe of Benjamin. They did some incredibly nasty things, um, and uh, basically all twelve tribes of Israelite uh, of the Israelites came together to battle against the tribe of Benjamin to defeat them for what they had done. So we're reading from Judges 20 from verse 18. It says, "Before the battle." 
the Israelites went to Bethel and asked God, which tribe should we go to? Oh, sorry, which tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin? The Lord answered, Judah is to go first. So the Israelites left early the next morning and camped near Gibeah. Then they advanced toward Gibeah to attack the men of Benjamin. But Benjamin's warriors, who were defending the town, came out and killed 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. Terrible day in the office. But the Israelites encouraged each other and took their positions again at the same place they had fought the previous day. For they had gone up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord until evening. They had asked the Lord, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again? And the Lord had said, go out and fight against them. So the next day, they went out again to fight against the men of Benjamin. But the men of Benjamin killed another 18,000 Israelites, all whom were experienced with the sword. Another bad day in the office. Then all Israelites went up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord and fasted until evening. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. The Israelites went up seeking direction from the Lord. In those days the Ark of the Covenant of God was in Bethel, and Phinehas, son of Eliezer, and grandson of Aaron was the priest. The Israelites asked the Lord, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again? Or should we stop? The Lord said, go, tomorrow I will hand them over to you. And to fast forward the story, the Israelites won the battle on the third day, which is good news. I feel incredibly encouraged by this story and incredibly challenged by the story. And you might be going, why are you encouraged by the story? 40,000 men died. Um, I am encouraged by the Israelites' radical obedience. You know, we see the Israelites go to battle on day one. 22,000 men die. They come back, and what do they do? God, we're out of here. It's not working out. They don't do that. They say, God, what should we do next? Even after the face of incredible loss, they say, God, what next? God speaks, and they're obedient and go back to battle the next day. They go to battle, day two. 18,000 men die. That's 40,000 people die in two days. They come back. Surely at this point, the appropriate response is, let's get out of here. It's not working out anymore. This, we're just losing men. It's pointless, God. Anyone else? Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> Honesty. And what do they do? They say, God, what should we do next? God says, Go, tomorrow I will hand them over to you. And they win the battle again. I find that incredibly encouraging. Because even in the face of lost, two times, they were obedient to God. And I was reading that and I was going, I wonder how many times in my life has the pressure come on or God said to do something and I thought it was so out of bounds that I just didn't say yes. And I was like, no way. And I missed out on a victory. Or I missed out on a blessing. Missed out on a miracle. I wonder how many times. 
I wonder how many times we have gone the other direction and said, God, that is ridiculous. But God is looking for people that when he says go, we would go. And that we would know how close he is with us so that we can step into courage to be obedient of what he asks us to do. I remember in 2019, it was my uh, first year of youth leading at Activate Church. And um, I had to go through some certain situations which had the potential to break me. It was an incredibly challenging year and all throughout the year I was going to leadership and I was saying, I, I, I want to quit. I want to get out of here. I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too challenging. And I remember as much as I wanted to run in the natural, God spoke to me and he said, I need you to keep going. And lucky enough, well not lucky enough, but I was obedient and I kept going. And I tell you, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have seen so many young people give their lives to Jesus. I wouldn't have seen so many young people healed, set free. I wouldn't have seen so many young people find a home. And I got to see these amazing victories. I got to see these amazing blessings. I got to see God moving in the story. But I was this close to living in the natural and saying, God, this is ridiculous. I, I need to get out of here. It's too hard. And I wonder, come on, are, are there situations in our world where maybe it looks a bit difficult, but you know that God is saying, would you go? Would you keep going? There's a victory on the other side for you. And we need to take courage. We need to have revelation that God is with us and he's so close step into supernatural courage so we can be obedient to what he asks us to do. It says this in John 14 to 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. That's Jesus talking. Come on, the way that we display our love for Jesus is obedience. It's challenging. The way that we display our love for Jesus is obedience. We need to know how close he is so that we can step into courage and be obedient to what he asks of us. 1 Samuel 15 to 22 to 23 says this, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. That verse is so packed. It's, it's incredibly packed. Uh, it's, it's, I'm going to repeat this part again. What is more important, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Come on, God is calling us to live obedient lives. He has a plan and a purpose that is beyond our wildest imaginations for each of our lives. And He is wanting to reveal how close He is so that we can step into courage and we can step into a life of obedience, saying, Yes, God. When God says, I will need you to go, we go, let's do it. 
It says in the second part of that scripture, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. I searched up the, the meaning of rebellion and it said opposition to one in authority. That's the opposite of obedience. Come on, we are created to partner with the desires of God. The desires for our lives that He has put there. And it's called rebellion when we stand here and say, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> We've already lost too much here. I can't say yes. I can't, we can't go again. But we need to live a life of obedience and say, yes, God, I will do it. I will go. Anybody else stirred? Yeah. Stirring me. When God calls, he's not looking for people to say, God, I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. But when it comes to my finances, God, I've got that sorted. I'm all good. Come on, God is saying, would you be all in and live a life of obedience to me? God isn't looking for people to say, God, I got, you can have that, 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 and that. But when it comes to my family, my wife and my kids or my husband and my kids. Come on, God is looking for all in. Radical obedience. God isn't looking for people to say, oh, I'll give you that, God. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you everything except for my language. I'll say what I want, God. Come on, he's looking for everything. Would you give him everything this morning if you haven't already? When we know how close God is to us, it enables us to step into supernatural courage, which then allows us to live a life of obedience, saying yes to God with a yes tattooed on our heart for Jesus. That when he says, go, what do we do? We go. And he's calling us all to live that life.